You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Can you hear me okay? Am I on? Yeah. Pete, thanks for that. This is great. This, this is just a great church. I'm here with my friend Bobby. We've come up from, I live in, in Sussex, not far from Brighton, a place called Haywards Heath. We're from a church called the King's Church Mid-Sussex. But I was sitting there thinking, man, if I live around here, this is the church I'd be coming to. So look, if you're, if you're looking in today and you're wondering, you know, I don't even know what church is about or whatever, let me encourage you, come here. This is good. And thank you uh, so much. I love that, just the, the guy's Saturday thing. Uh, that's the way to go, isn't it? So absolutely brilliant. So I'm loving that. Um, Pete mentioned that... Uh, yeah, I, f- I feel kind of bad. Pete's been asking me to come for a little while, and we do go back quite a long way. Uh, but I feel like I've kind of got a valid excuse because um, I, uh, I had brain surgery, and I've kind of been recovering from that. Now, the reason I say that is because Pete gave me a beautiful introduction. Uh, I think the last church I spoke in, you, you know Matt Hosier, don't you? A guy called Matt Hosier leads a church similar to this down in Poole, and I spoke for him in his church. And the way he introduced me was this. He said, you know, Kieran, blah, blah, blah. It's always lovely. He was very complimentary. But he said, this is Kieran. He's brain damaged. (laughs) (laughs) You'll probably realize as I go along what he meant, you know. So, uh, Pete, that was a much better introduction, I felt. Anyway, I feel like I'm already ahead. Now, listen, I'm going to read a couple of verses from the Bible, from the book of 1 Corinthians. If you want to look there, that's great. If you've never read the Bible, never looked at it, don't worry, because I'm going to read it out. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, just a few verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, If you've got a device, just come off Angry Birds just for a moment, and let's have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, it says this in verse 5. This is Paul speaking to a church in a place called Corinth. He goes, What, after all, is Apollos? He asks the question. And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. Now, it's interesting. He doesn't say, who is Paul or who is Apollos? He goes, what? He's getting in the right perspective. He's saying, what, after all, is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. And then it says this, and I want to labor on this today. Paul says this, I planted the seed. He's talking about the seed of the good news of Jesus. And already it's been screaming out at us this morning from everything that's been shared, the songs we've sung, the prayers that have been prayed, screaming out. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. That's the perspective, okay? I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. Then he goes on to say, so neither he or she who plants, nor he or she who waters, is anything but only God who makes things grow. And then he goes on, the man or woman who plants or waters have one purpose. Actually, God wants to reward us for this labor, this co-laboring we do in the harvest field. May I just pray. God, I pray this morning that you've already been speaking to us, whether we 
have walked in for the first time today or whether we've been in this church since it began, God, thank you. You love us. And you want to speak to us now clearly through your word. I pray you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Pete has very kindly asked me to come today uh, and really just talk about really what these verses say. But look, I want to say this as well, if it's okay, Pete, that whilst I'm going to mainly talk to people here today who would say that they are Christians, what do we mean by I'm a Christian? Well, a Christian isn't somebody that goes into a church building. A Christian isn't somebody that helps old ladies across the road, even if they don't want to cross. It's not a do-gooder. A Christian is somebody that has a, a friendship with God through Jesus Christ, who believes that it's only through his death on the cross and his resurrection to prove that he was who he said he was, God Almighty in the flesh, that we can know God and have a friendship with him. That's what a Christian is. So the people here today who are saying, Jesus, we just think you're magnificent, they're people Ordinary people, not religious people. They're people who are saying, do you know what? I've met this Jesus. He's changed my life and he's worth knowing. So Pete's asked me mainly to come and talk to that crowd today. But in this room today, there are some people that are looking in. This is maybe the first time you would not call yourself a Christian by my definition. Some of you here today, you're not even sure if you're a Christian. Well, look, at the end of my talk... I'm going to be talking about Jesus at the end of my talk. I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to communion. If it's all right, Pete, I would love to give you an opportunity. If you're not sure whether you know Jesus or if you know for definite you don't know Jesus, I'm going to pray a short prayer at the end of my talk and you can step right into all that great stuff you've been hearing about already. So look, this is a warning. You've got maybe, how long am I going to talk for? Three, four hours to think about it. <laughs> Just kidding, that was like a joke, it just wasn't funny. You've, you've got 20 minutes or so, just, just to think, do I need to pray with this skinny person from Sussex and say, Jesus, I want you in my life, okay? No surprises, no surprise attack, you, you need to think about that. That's off script, but it's going to happen. See, what, why? Why am I here? I'm here because... Jesus goes after lost and broken people. And I have been a lost and broken person. And my gut feeling is, actually, if we're honest, every single person in this room could say at some moment, they've, they've cried out to God and say, God, would you just help me? And Jesus never lets you down when you cry out to him. I was just reminded of uh, one of, one of the, um, obviously you, you don't know me, Pete knows me a little bit, but you don't know me. But, but one of my great passions is cycling. And uh, I, I love cycling. used to race a little bit. Uh, but uh, let me tell you a little story. Because on this one occasion, I, was, uh, I needed a new psycho helmet. So I was looking around different shops and stuff. So I thought, I'll go down to my, my nearest uh, Halford, see what they've got on offer. Went down there. But I decided to cycle down there. So I got my bike out. And I'm one of these cyclists that wears that, you know, that clothing you know that kind of spray-on clothing, you know? So I've got, my, I've got my, my cycling clothing on. In fact, Matt Partridge, okay, another friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, described me once as British, Britain's thinnest man wearing Britain's tightest clothing. 
I mean, you don't want to park on that thought for too long, do you? So I'm, I'm on the bike, I'm going down there, it's you know, winter, so I've got some long sort of like uh, legging things on. I'm cycling down there, I'm going to Halfords, I'm looking at the helmets and stuff, and one of the assistants, this guy, probably in his uh, mid-30s, you know, comes up to me and says, excuse me, sir, you know, I see you looking at helmets there, can I help you at all? And I I said, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at one. I tried one on, and it was, it was kind of silver. And he goes, oh, matches your hair, sir. Like that, you know. <laughs> so immediately, you know, having this banter, and, you know, I'm asking him about his life a bit. And, you know, I said, oh, your accent, you're not from round here. Uh, he said, no, no, I'm from Teesside. And I said, you know, how, how did you end up down here? He said, well, I was in the army, you know, tattoos up the arms and stuff. Told me some of his story, and we're just having banter. And, and what I said to him, because... I work full time. I'm in the God Squad. I'm like Pete. I work full time. I'm like a vicar. Can you believe that? They'll let people like me do this. So I, I say to him, you know, what, you know, how, how's it working here and stuff, and uh, and then I say to him, look, you know, I, I work for a local church, name name the church, and 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 I said, you know, I'm really interested how you kind of do things and handle people badly. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just... So I, I got church in there early. I got it in early. All right, that's a tip. For those that are believers here, get early, okay? It wasn't like I got my Bible out and said, let me just show you in the Word, okay, today's, today's reading. You know, I didn't do that, no. But I said, yeah, you know, I'm interested. I work for a church. I'm interested in how you... It's got, got it in there early, all right, this is going to help you. So um, um, we chat on it. And, and then, do you know, sometimes I look out and I think, God, what, what are you doing? Like today, you didn't expect me. You maybe come here today, you didn't expect me. What, God, what are you doing in people's lives? I, I have no idea. I don't know what it was, but I was just prompted. I said, oh, you know, I, I don't think I've ever said this to anybody. I said, I see you're wearing a wedding ring. So how's all that going? And obviously married. And with that, this guy, tattoos, ex-army, starts weeping in the middle of Halfords. And he said, uh, he just kind of walked away. And, and then he came back and he said, Look, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just barely keeping it together. And I said to him, you know, is, what can I do to, you know, to help? And he said, well, my wife's just left me. So I can barely keep my life together. So I said, look, you know, I just said that you know, I'm a Christian, I work for a church. So I come from a broken relationship. You know, before I was a Christian, I, I was with a girl, a broken relationship. I know some of the pain of that. But I said, one of the things Jesus says is this. Come to me, all you who are weary heavy laden and I will give you rest it's the truth I've experienced it and he looked in my eyes tears in his eyes he said I can see Jesus has helped you but can he help me yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm just buying a helmet so I said to him look we, we do this thing called the Alpha Course and if you're here today and you want to explore faith I know the church here, Redeemer, they're doing an Alpha course in a fantastic restaurant. Honestly, just go along once, check it out. It's a brilliant way 
30 million people have been on that journey saying, you know, I'm going to explore this. So I said, look, we're doing an alpha course in, in our local Indian restaurant, brand new restaurant, fantastic restaurant. We're doing an alpha course there um, ne- next Tuesday night. I don't know, look, why don't you come along, explain what it was. And he said, he, he got his diary out and looked in it and said, you know what, I'm free. I'm going to come. Thank you. <laughs> and I said to him when he said he was going to come, I said, I bet you it's the first time a man wearing tights has asked you out to dinner. <laughs> Just to be clear, that they were the, like the cycling ones. I wasn't like wearing fishnets and everything, you know. Just want to be clear on that. Well, Harry, this guy, comes on Alpha and, you know, loads of banter, you know, beer, curry, Alpha, just a great time. And week after week he's there, he's arguing uh, his own beliefs, no church background, atheist, doesn't believe in God, he's arguing, and then, but things start to change, we get to a point where there's a, we went away for a day, it's part of the course, you know, we have kind of like a bit of a jolly going, going away for the day, look at a particular subject of who, who God is, and how his spirit touches us, and makes this real to us, and I remember looking over, and he's with two friends of mine, praying, and this time he's weeping, because Jesus has come into his heart, wiped his sins away, restored him, and started to heal his brokenness in a moment. Which is only something God can do. I planted the seed, maybe I watered it, but only God can make it grow. We don't know what God's going to do. Now here's the thing, because often you don't see the whole story. On this one, I saw the whole story. He said to me, he used to call me Captain Fantastic. (laughs) Don't know why. But this is what he said to me. He said that the night before I came into Halfords, he was in his front room. He'd had, I think, half a bottle of whiskey. He's on his face on the carpet, weeping into the carpet. He looks up at the ceiling and a God he does not believe in and said, God, if you're effing well there, I could do with some help now. And the next day I walk in, in my lycra, behold, lycra man. (laughs) Stand back, be impressed with my super skinniness. That's my superpower. I'm just buying a helmet. But God has got other ideas. I planted a seed, Apollos watered it, but God, only God can make it grow. So neither he or she who plants is anything, but only God who makes things grow. I cannot do anything about Harry's life except point him to Jesus and say, I was broken, and he's fixed me, and is still fixing me, and therefore he can fix you. So maybe that's your story here today. Maybe that's your story. Or maybe you know people who need to hear the story of Jesus. One of the most encouraging verses in the Bible that I've come across is in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 7 verse 10. It says, salvation belongs to our God. Why is that a brilliant verse? Because that means it ain't to do with me. I work for a church. I'm what's called an evangelist who is somebody that tells people about Jesus. But to fess up, honestly, I don't think I'm particularly good at it on a one-to-one. I know loads of people who are brilliant at leading people to Jesus. But what I do know is, God, I'm available, use me. So what I try and do each day 
is I pray a simple prayer. My simple prayer is this, God, today if there's somebody you want me to try and point to Jesus, will you use me? And that might mean just showing somebody some kindness. It might be smiling and opening a door for somebody. You know, people aren't projects. I'm not trying to get another notch in my Bible. I just want to point people to him because he's just so, he's just so great. You know, I, I didn't get up early this morning to come here because I heard it was a great I, I got up early because I, I want to tell you that Jesus is great. And what you heard about him loving you personally is 100% true. So I just pray those simple prayers. God, somehow if you want to use me today, use me. Often I'm reluctant. Sometimes I'm keener than I am at other times. A little while ago I was on, um, uh, I, was meeting, I was meeting Tom Head actually. All these people that we know and you don't. Sorry, it's not very, it's not very inclusive, is it? <laughs> Another mutual friend of ours. Well, I should have just talked to you, shouldn't I? <laughs> I was meeting this super guy, he leads a church in the East End of London, and I, I got on the train, and you probably know if you, tr- if you commute at all, the trains haven't been at their best in the south of England. <laughs> got on the train, I think it was supposed to be 12 carriages, I think it was down to 6 or 4 or something like that. So to say it was pretty cosy would be an understatement. So we get on the train, everybody's really tightly packed in from where we are in, in Hayward Seath, I think the next station was Gatwick Airport, Praise God, a number of people got off at Gatwick Airport. And I'm standing there and I'm looking around and there's a seat next to me, an empty seat. And I think, well, you know, I'm, I'm reasonably able-bodied. So I, I, I just said, look, everybody's standing there. I said, look, there's a seat here. Does anybody really need it? Because we're British, nobody said anything. You know, people weren't like, oh, no, it's all right, thanks. They're just like, you know, it's like nobody spoke. So I thought, oh, Stuff it, I'm going to sit down. So I, I sat down. As I sat down, there was a lady sitting next to me. She said, look, I just need to say, as you're sitting down there, I smiled, sat down. She looked at me and said, look, I just need to say this, that I've got my dog with me. He's under your seat. So if you feel something wet on the back of your legs, <laughs> it's always good to know, isn't it? It's, it's my dog. So, you know, we, we're sort of having this conversation about, you know, man, the trains, it's crazy, isn't it? And, you know, she, so, so we start this conversation and... Uh, so I said to her, I was, yeah, great, you got your dog. And she says, yeah, I'm really privileged. I live in uh, one of the villages, Plumpton. Uh, and I walk across the fields with my dog, get on the train, and it goes to my business. And I said, oh, what's your business? So it turns out she's this uh, very, very uh, high-flying interior designer. So she's got offices in Knightsbridge, Kensington. That's a rougher bit of London, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and other such places, really successful so I had this fascinating conversation. So I'm asking her about it. And a you know, really, really interesting person. And, you know, I'm really interested in people. Yeah, yeah, be interested in people. Be interested in people. You know, we can just love people. by just So often people are, are only interested in themselves. And be interested in other people. So I'm, I'm talking to her. And then she says, oh, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm in the God Squad. So, uh, and I told her what I, I do. I work for the church. She goes, really? That's fascinating. Tell me more about that. So how did you get into that? So this is a moment, isn't it? This is the moment. This is the moment if you've done evangelism training of any sort where they kind of like, they teach you what to do. But often in those moments, if you're like me, I'm like, rabbit caught in headlights. I don't know what to do. You know, oh, Jesus. Oh. 
But there's this moment that comes where she, she just says, oh, you know, tell me how you got into that. So I explained that I used to work in the city for Ernst & Young. I was on an underground train. Uh, you know, I had everything I needed, but somehow there was a hollowness inside. Met two people on an underground train, much to my surprise, because they were normal. It turned out they were Christians. And they started talking to me about Jesus. Long story short, they gave me a Bible. Used to meet with them, a thing like Alpha, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, you know, that actually I came to a point where I believed it was true. And I said, I'm going to follow Jesus. Now, it took 30 seconds maybe for me to do that. That's a great skill to have. Practice it. You know, if somebody says, what's your story? Don't tell them the 20-minute version. You know, I'm looking at some of you thinking you've got great stories. But after 20 minutes, I'm going to be bored by that. I think, God's bored by it after 20 minutes. (laughs) You know, give them the 30-second version. The Holy Spirit will prompt you into the bits that are relevant for the people you're talking to. And sure, if you've you've got an opportunity for two, three minutes at all, fine. So I I just just tip out this story, you know, of what Jesus has done in my life. Turn me around. And we, uh, you know, chat a bit more. And she says, oh, you know, I've started going to my local parish church. Fantastic. So I asked her about that. And I said, so, you know, you're working, obviously, commuting. I said, you know, how's that going? She said, well, it's been really, really difficult. So I said, why has it been difficult? She said, well, uh, a few months back now, uh, I was riding my horse in the country, and sort of person she was, uh, riding my horse in the country. So I don't remember anything about it, but fortunately, a dog walker found me. She'd obviously come off her horse and had a serious brain injury. So I'm, I'm listening to her story, having nearly died in a cycle race, having a serious brain injury. And she's telling me about how hard she's found it. And then she start, and I said, what, what was the condition you had? She said, I had a, uh, a chronic subdural hematoma. I had a chronic subdural hematoma. I haven't met another person who's had a chronic subdural hematoma. Because I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. What are the chances that on a train that should, you know, have been like 12 carriages that's four, that I end up in a spare seat next to a lady who's just started thinking about spiritual things, and then she tells me that she's had exactly the same injury and and, and brain injury that, that I've actually had. What are the chances? Let me say this. It's because God loves people and he wants to put you and me in situations where we will rub off against people that he has lined up since eternity past that we would meet and somehow be able to point them towards Jesus. So she told me, and I said, you're not going to believe this, but actually that's the same injury I had. She said, no way. So we had this kind of empathy. By this stage, we're pulling to Victoria Station. And I said to her, I said, look, I don't think this is a coincidence that we've ended up sitting together. She said, I don't think it is either. So I said to her, look, it's been such a joy for me to talk with you. I said, would you mind if I pray for you? She said, I would love it if you pray for me. So this is a packed commuter train. So I just, I pray my best prayer. I said, look, do you mind if, you know, it was my best prayer. It wasn't great, but it was my best prayer in that moment. And we, she just said, thank you so much at the end of it. And then from the seat in front, this lady stands up, says, excuse me, I've listened to your whole conversation. 
Because that's what British people do. They pretend they're not listening. But they're all listening. She said, my daughter's just had a serious brain injury. She said, she said will you pray for her? I said, so I said, look, come on, why don't the three of us just pray for her? Asked what her name was, and we prayed for her. And I still pray for these ladies. Look, come on. You know, we're on an adventure with Jesus. Look, it's not about me. Sorry, I'm shouting. It's not about me. It's what after all is Paul? What after all is Apollos is what that says? What? Come on, what am I? I'm just a scumbag that Jesus has rescued. But gloriously, it's not about me. I might plant the seed. Apollos might water it. Only God can make it grow. Only God could save Harry Halfords, as I call him. I planted the seed. Apollos waters Only God can make it grow. I think God saved my life that I didn't die so I could talk to that woman and I could talk to you today. You might think that's a bit overdramatic, but I am here today because God isn't done with me yet and he wants me to tell you about his goodness. You can win people to Jesus I'm nearly done. Look, it's not difficult. Honestly, it's not difficult. You know, is it Joy who came up earlier and just said, listen, I'm just making the teas. That's the best thing you can do. If you can just love people and be friendly, and listen, the key to evangelism is just to love people. You don't need techniques. You just need to be interested in people. You know, people took an interest in me and said, look, maybe on the journey I could point you to Jesus. A few years, I'm going to finish with this. A few years back, I was, uh, I was walking to work and, you know, walking to our church offices. And it was one of those days where it was freezing. It was like minus 100. It was just, it, you know, one of those days when it's just, everything is just so cold. It's just so cold. Walking up the street. And along the street, there's these two young women and they're checking the bulbs in the street lamps. What a day to be doing that. So they've got one of those... They're called cherry pickers, those things that, you know, people go up in and they can safely. So one of them's operating the thing, the other one's up there. I'm thinking, that is just grim. So 100 yards further on to our office, I go in, I stick the kettle on, because I think they could, they could do with a hot drink. And I stick the kettle on. By then, they're outside, and I walked out with two mugs of coffee. And I said, look, I hope you don't mind, but I thought you could you probably just want to put your hands in these. You know, I said, you must be frozen. So, so what I said was, look, you know, I, I work in the church here. Um, if you want, there's a warm place to sit. I said, some of, you know, some of our staff, some of the girls are in there, you know, working. There's the sofas and that come on in. Now, the reason I did that is because you've got to be appropriate and wise. I didn't want to walk out and say, hey, ladies, <laughs> got a couple of mugs of coffee here. Why don't you uh, come into my place? <laughs> Let me tell you about the Lord. <laughs> not going to work. How did I ever get married? That's what you're all thinking, isn't it? It was an arranged marriage. My wife didn't even know me until I lifted my veil and she saw 
So anyway, I give them the coffee. They decide not to come in, but outside we had just a leaflet box and there were some leaflets about Alpha, this introduction to Christianity. And I, I noticed that they were standing there chatting, reading. Then a couple of weeks later, they dropped the cups in and went, a couple of weeks later, I've got this card here. Uh, and let me read it to you. It's from, uh, it says this. Dear Sir Madam, they couldn't tell what I was. <laughs> Still wearing the veil. Still wearing the veil and lycra. Dear Sir Stroke Madam, I'm writing to say thank you for the coffee the other morning. A friend and myself were fixing the streetlights when a very kind gentleman brought us out a coffee and offered us a warm place to sit down. We are very grateful. And this is the fascinating thing. This is what she says. Although I'm not a believer in Christianity, I believe you're doing a wonderful job and wish you all the best. Heather and Joe kiss. Didn't say kiss. It's like a cross, which means kiss. Come on, that's achievable, isn't it? Is that not achievable? Could you not just show some kindness to somebody and somehow point them to Jesus? Is that not achievable? I wonder if we could pray. I said at the beginning of my talk, uh, Pete, uh, you asked me to talk to the church, but I just want to give people an opportunity, if that's okay. If you don't know Jesus, look, there's a booklet here called Why Jesus? Grab one of these. They're free. Get one off Pete. They're on the table over there, if, if not. In the back of this booklet, there's a prayer. So even if you're thinking, I'm not sure I want to pray and receive Jesus now, you can take this home, and in your hot tub, if you've got one of those or... Whatever, you know, in your, in, in, in your living room, you, you, can pray, you can pray this prayer walking down Ealing kind of high road or whatever it's called. But I'm going to pray a prayer, and you can pray in your heart, and it's a prayer saying, Jesus, forgive me for what I've done wrong, because the Bible says that we've all done things wrong. It's called sin. And it's saying, Jesus, I want to be forgiven by you, and I know only your death on the cross can forgive me, wipe me clean, and it's saying, Jesus, come and change my life. I'm going to make you the leader of my life from this moment onwards. So I wonder, may we, if you're able to, may we just stand together. This is a very precious moment. If you've been, if you've been a Christian in the past and you think, you know what, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I stand with God now or I've, I've gone away from God. This is a prayer you can pray now. If you know for sure that you don't know Jesus, this is a prayer you can pray now. If you think you... You just want to know for sure. Just pray this in your heart after me. Lord Jesus Christ, just in your heart, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you. You died for me on the cross so I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you, you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I receive that gift. Come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. I just want to pray for the rest of us now. Jesus, you're amazing. God, help us as we just seek to point people to you. Maybe to plant some seeds. Maybe to water some seeds that other people have planted. God, you can make them grow. And you can change lives. We pray you do it 
in this place for your glory. Amen. Amen.